Today is Easter. Easter is the central holiday of Christianity. It is often problematic for Unitarian Universalists, especially the doctrine of bodily resurrection. But our faith tradition is rooted in Christianity and has a long and nuanced relationship with it. So what are the issues? What are the underlying themes? What sense can we make of this holiday? I remember a sermon I heard one Easter years ago. It was on resurrection, but it had nothing to do with Jesus. I do remember three illustrations the preacher used. A young boxer, pugilist, gets knocked out and ignominiously loses his first big fight, but picks himself, picks himself up and he goes on in his life and eventually became the senior minister of a major Unitarian Universalist church. Another illustration was of a mother's son. The boy had died on OD'd on drugs. But she went on to start a support group that grew to include all of New England and New York. Out of tears and ashes, she created a support community that extended to thousands of people. He also mentioned a wedding between a woman dying of cancer and her short order cook, beloved, just days before her death. For David O. Rankin, whose sermon I am recalling, Easter was more than an ancient story. It is many modern stories. It is a real and ever-present possibility for everyone. If we open our minds to new channels of thought and learning, if we open our hearts to new ways of loving and living, if we open our eyes to new models of growth and beauty, Easter will appear. It will supply us with courage and take us on great adventures. It will save us from pride, grief, and cynicism and bind us to joy and hope again. It is important when considering Christianity to keep in mind that there are two Christianities, the religion of Jesus and the religion about Jesus. What many you use, and lots of other people as well, object to in Christianity is the religion about Jesus that sprang up after his birth, after, rather, his death. Its patriarchal bias with its depiction of Jesus as a model with attributes most particularly preached to women of meekness, humility, self-sacrifice, and loss of self in service to, of others. This is a persuasive image. But when you read the Jesus story, the great prophet of Nazareth comes off as anything but meek humble and long-suffering. Yes, he is filled with compassion and forgiveness, especially toward the oppressed and marginalized. But he's opinionated and he is assertive. 
He's criticized for the company he keeps, women, poor folks, people with questionable professions. When challenged by elites, he tells them that they're going to hell if they do not show compassion to widows, orphans, and the poor. He gets chased out of several towns. He is criticized for making his religion far too open and for partying way too much. Jesus was executed by the Roman authorities because he threatened the oppressive patriarchal classist social order. They were afraid his popular ideas might catch on and grow. The whole story has almost nothing to do with God's decision to send Jesus to die for our sins. That's the religion about Jesus. As a sixth generation Unitarian Universalist, I never grew up with any of this religion about Jesus until I went to YMCA camp. I was in college when I first became fascinated by religion, not as some kind of talisman, but as a discipline for turning one's life around. First, I was turned on by the Greeks and Eastern philosophy. I realized there is a science to this religion stuff. It can be studied analytically and empirically. I can help, it can help open a person's heart and mind. Cut away the hocus pocus and get to the heart of religion and there's something very, very real there. After Jesus was executed, his disciples and a lot of other people were upset and dismayed. How could this happen? How could somebody so sweet and kind and generative be wiped out in an afternoon? How could life be this unjust? Plato felt the same way after Socrates was executed by the Athenian authorities. He could have let it end there, but he did not. He had an Easter experience, and he spent the rest of his life trying to make sense of it, trying to find the meaning, and to share his insights, the works of Plato, with others to help them recognize what Socrates revealed about the profound depths and expansiveness of the human soul. The followers of Jesus did much the same thing 300 years later. They resolved in the face of tragedy to integrate into their lives the values and relational restorative practices of their teacher so that his teachings, what he stood for, what he lived for, what he died for, would not be buried with him, but would live on. That's the resurrection. Believing in the resurrection means simply believing in this dynamic and carrying it forward. Here's the thing, the great irony. Our growing edge is not usually success, but failure. We can know what friendship really means only when we have experienced rejection or betrayal. The best counselors are often wounded healers people with emotional problems themselves who have worked through them to help. 
Those with consistently successful lives are apt to be a little shallow and often glib. And that's because what we call character in others is revealed not in how we handle our successes, but in how we handle our failures. As the humanistic psychologist and Esalen Institute luminary George Leonard once put it, ecstasy without agony is baloney. Life, true life, is laced with plenty of successes for sure, but for most of us, with an equal, if not surplus, of failures. The glory of Easter, the resurrection of hope, is in nevertheless, despite those setbacks, carrying on with your dignity and your courage intact. Hallelujah. <laughs>